0: It's time for Friday Follies, right here on the Mutual
1: Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance recommended. Now Madison was working super hard on a makeup tutorial show. She was teaching smoky eyes to folks out there. Some freaky deaky science stuff, only understood by nerds. Zapped her into old radio shows, the kind you might never have heard. Now she should probably be trying to get out. But Madison, she's having fun, living an old time radio life. Our explanation is done. Personal notice. Danger is my stuck-in-trade. If the job's too tough for you to handle, you've got a job for me, George Valentine. Write full details.
2: Ooh, love that organ music. Okay, so George here is an ex-cop turned private eye and posts that ad in the classifieds for people to come to him for assistance with stuff. Usually his wannabe girlfriend Claire Brooks helps him out, but today it looks like it's all me.
3: <laughs> Dear Mr. Valentine, what I'm up against is something you can't put in so many words, but you got to believe me. It's got me scared out of my skin. I'm just another show girl getting her first real break, but I'm afraid it's going to be my neck. Maybe you can help me. But, but I've, I've got, got to see, see you today.
2: today. After that, It may be
3: too late to do any good. Signed, Vivian Drake. Nice penmanship. And I like the play on words with break. Yeah, yeah, that's my letter. But you're not Mr. Valentine.
2: For someone dressed almost entirely in feathers, you're pretty astute.
3: I gotta talk to him. And it's something that can't wait.
2: Well, I'm Madison Standish, and I'm, like, temping for him this week. But I have no idea where he is. I even showed up a couple hours late this morning because uh, I
3: cannot figure
2: out these analog clocks you people have. And he wasn't there. Hadn't
3: even been in. I guess that washes me up.
2: Hey, I dragged myself all the way to your place to see if I could help. So what you got?
3: Well, you see, I happen to have a crazy kid brother. He's got himself into a mess and me along with him.
2: I know what that's like. Of course... I'm usually the crazy one getting my siblings in trouble. (laughs) Oh my god, this one summer, we were at Six Flags.
3: This is rather urgent. May I go on? Oh, sure. Suffice to say,
2: not allowed back on the log ride.
3: You see, I'm not a very good singer. Not too good a dancer, either. It was only my looks that got me a job.
2: You are not the only one. Everybody on the CW are lucky they're pretty.
3: I started working in Julia's nightclub in Des Moines. It didn't matter whether I could sing or dance because it's really just a racketeer's join with the floor show as a cover-up.
2: Des Moines. That's in one of those I states in the middle, right?
3: Uh, yes. So
2: what brings you to... Wait, what city is this show set in?
3: That's my whole point. I don't understand it. I was offered the top spot in the show at the Peacock Lounge. I'm gonna say
2: congrats?
3: But there's something else. Julia, who runs the place in Des Moines, got a grand to see that I came here to take this job. A grand is a lot of money in the 40s. That can buy
2: you, like, a mansion or five cars or an island. maybe not a big island, but one of those little guys,
3: you know, with turtles on it. Can't you see? I'm being worked into some kind of a deal where I'm going to end up as a patsy. I know it, but there's nothing I can do. Where's the bad boy brother come in? If I said no to the job, some heel said that he can send my brother to jail. So I'm his payoff. It's as simple as that.
2: Gotcha. Okay. So, what do you know about the Peacock Lounge? Good buffalo wings?
3: Nothing yet. I've been sitting around trying to get up enough courage to go there to find out what they've got lined up for me. But my one hope is that Mr. Valentine might find out what this is all about.
2: Well, the dude's a no-show, so let's think. Hmm. Do you know anything about the guys who run the
3: Peacock Lounge? They're named Philip Geary and Glenn Cooley. They never laid eyes on me before. That's why I can't believe all this sudden interest in my talents.
2: OMG. Major idea here. What if I went down there and pretended to be you? They totally wouldn't know the difference.
3: Yeah, I suppose... But do you think it could work?
2: Hey, if Disney can use that plot line like a thousand times, it could work for us.
3: But you don't know what you're walking into. I can't let you. Sure you can. Are those feathers a size six? It's about time you came to the phone. Yeah, yeah, she fell for it. The frame is on.
1: Wait a minute! Ah, There's a train. Hey, Station Master. Yes, sir. When's there gonna be another train out of here heading south? 8.10 tomorrow morning. Ah, great. You got a phone around here? Next to the ticketing office. Thanks. This is just unbelievable. Come on. Answer.
0: Riley speaking.
1: Hello, Lieutenant. This is Valentine.
0: Well, well, there you are. I met your new girl. She's cutting capers out of school. She took some nightclub thrush under her wing.
1: Wait a minute. Let's have that again, Riley, and translate it as you go along.
0: Well, it seems Miss Vivian Drake imagined she's in some kind of a mess, and the letter was urgent, and you were out of town, and there you are.
1: Yeah, someone was anxious to get me out of town and then made sure I got stranded here.
0: Okay, pal. Let's play it straight. How do you figure it? You think this new girl was sucked into some kind of phony deal?
1: If I can find a cabin this place, I'll be back in town to find out for myself.
2: Hey there! <coughs> oh, Sorry feathers. I think I have allergies. Um, I'm looking for a Geary or Cooley? They around?
0: Sure, honey. That table other side of the room.
2: Thanks, sweet cakes.
1: Don't mention it, dollface.
2: Appreciate it, guy who's going to get a stiletto up his ass if he keeps condescending to me. Artie,
4: you getting into trouble
2: again?
1: Some broads are just too sensitive.
4: Don't pay any attention to that mook. He's all muscle where his brain's supposed to be. That's why I stopped dating football players. You picked the worst night if you want to see the boys. They're expecting someone. They're going to be terribly busy.
2: Yeah, well, they're going to be terribly busy with me because I'm the one they're expecting. Ta-da!
4: Vivian Drake? Oh, no. You couldn't be. Just couldn't be.
2: Yeah, why not? I'm totally rocking these feathers. (laughs) Come to think of it, I was allergic to my down pillow. But I'm Chickie Larson. Chickie Larson? Did you do that whole stripper name game where you take the name of your first pet in the street you grew up on? Mine is Misty Williams.
4: I danced for a whole year right next to Vivian at the Ukai Club in Kansas City.
2: I thought I was supposed to be from Indiana or Iowa?
4: When I heard the boys were going to give you the top spot in the show, I was so happy for you. And now you aren't you. Are you?
2: Busted. (laughs) Okay, okay. Uh, Vivian is, um, sick. Like, head in the toilet, puking up her guts, coming out both ends, sick. She told me to uh, hold her place. But we're like BFFs. I'm just covering until she can be here. My real name is, um, Misty Williams. Now I'm mixed up. Well, we showgirls gotta stick together, am I right? The bonds of sisterhood and traveling pants and stuff. Yeah, okay. So you're not gonna blab about this to the guys, right? For Vivian's sake. If you say so. You are a queen. (laughs) Do you think they have this feather costume in hypoallergenic...
1: certainly know how to pick them Gary. How do you do it, man?
0: Oh, let's say I have an eye for talent, Glenn, and that you're the money man.
1: She's gonna go over great in the show.
0: One look at her, you can see that.
2: Okay, I am literally standing right here. You're pulling a mean girl ignore and explore tactic, talking about someone while actively ignoring that they're right in front of you. Like, I invented that.
5: Haha, <laughs> smart as a whip, too.
2: Sure. You should hear
4: Vivian sometimes, Glenn. She says things I don't even understand.
5: Chicky, darling,
0: I'm very fond of you. Don't make me wonder why. I think I'm pretty fond of Vivian here. can name at least two reasons why.
2: Okay, are we going to talk business or do I got to give you a lap dance first?
0: You mustn't mind Glenn, Vivian. He just naturally admires talent, but he likes to do it up close.
2: Yeah, well, no touching. So what about this job? When do I start?
0: Oh, we got a wonderful routine all set for you, honey, but we won't start working on the new show until next
1: week. But you ain't got nothing to worry about. We rented it elegant suite for you, the Wellington Arms sets up today.
4: And it's perfectly gorgeous. The dressing
2: room has mirrors on the ceiling. Okay. That- that wouldn't be a dressing room.
1: I'm all for rallying up some of the crowd. Going over there right now. Celebration in your honor, Vivian. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah! Yay! This doesn't feel at all like it's going to end in gang rape. Woo! Party! All
1: right, Miss Drake. Maybe it was a coincidence that your letter happened to come in while I was out of town. But don't you think it was sort of a dirty trick to play on another girl?
3: I'll explain. And
1: let her walk into a shuffle like that?
3: She seemed to know what she was doing. And I... I didn't know where to turn.
1: Okay, okay. (laughs) You just stay put. I'll see what the score is with Geary and Cooley at the Peacock Lounge. Artie! Quick! Give me a hand with him. Close the door.
3: Boy, you're a lifesaver, Artie. He was headed for the Peacock Lounge.
1: Lucky I ran into Valentine like that. There was nobody in the hall.
3: What do we do with him?
1: He's gotta stay put till this deal's over. It's on the griddle right this minute. We'll dump him in the closet and uh, let him sleep through it. You heard me. Riley. Put Riley on the phone. What? Say that again. I'm not my usual bright self at the moment. What are you talking about? What happened? All right. Wellington Arms, that's me knocking on the door.
0: I have those fingerprints in a minute, Lieutenant. What do you say, Doc? When did it happen? May I come in? Hey there, Valentine.
2: Oh my God, finally! Where the hell have you been?
1: Uh, you're my temp. Um, uh, Madison?
2: Madison? Yes, I'm Madison. Thank you so much for showing up.
0: Please, Miss Standish, please try to control yourself, will ya? You're not helping things any.
1: What's going on here?
2: No matter what they say, it is not my fault.
1: Well, what happened?
2: I don't know. The last time I got blackout drunk was rush week. And with all those boilermakers from Gamma Pi, I mean, that was unavoidable.
1: All right, shut up. You're not making any sense. Riley, let's have it.
0: Well, the guy on the floor there with the letter opener in his back... That's Glenn Cooley. Fingerprints belong to Miss Standish, all right, Lieutenant. Thanks, Doc.
2: He was like that when I woke up. I don't remember doing that. I'm a happy drunk, not a stabby, stabby drunk.
1: What's the rest of it?
2: Well, we were having a party. Like, top shelf. None of that watered-down stuff. This was primo. I tried to get some karaoke going, but I realized I don't know the words to your old-timey music. And with the drinks being so strong, I must have... I don't know, passed out? I saw him there just like that when I woke up. I called the cops.
0: Sorry, Valentine. The next edition hits the streets at 6 o'clock. It's going to have to read we're holding Miss Standish on suspicion of
1: murder.
2: Ah, oh, come on.
1: I understand, Lieutenant.
2: I understand? Aren't you going to do something?
1: Not until I piece this together, Angel.
2: I always wanted to do one of those true crime podcasts, but this is not what I meant!
1: Okay, the reason you didn't know when the party broke up is that somebody slipped you a man-sized Mickey while you were making like Vivian Drake.
2: The last thing I remember is trying to teach everybody pour some sugar on
1: me. Riley's gonna put Geary and the Chicky Girl under the lamp first thing in the morning and sweat them. But suppose they tell the same story? What do you mean, what story? That Cooley had been making a play for you all evening, and you were straight-arming him.
2: I don't know what that means. Do you have a Noir to English dictionary?
1: He was making advances, and you were putting him off.
2: Yeah, that's true. <gasps> and then he drugged me! Oh my god, he pulled a Cosby!
1: Which makes it bad, Angel. Bad. Because people, being people, they'll think just one thing. When he hung around after everybody left, slapping his wrist wasn't enough, they'll think. You had to let him have it.
2: Come on! One time, I was in the hot tub with five drunk guys trying to get my bikini top off. I was able to protect the girls without having to stab anybody.
1: But let's look a few more of these unpleasant facts in the face. Vivian Drake's taken a powder if she hasn't been taken for a ride.
2: You lost me again.
1: She's gone. And there's no such place as Julia's in Des Moines.
2: It did seem pretty far-fetched that Iowa would have a nightlife.
1: It's almost 5 a.m. I'd better get busy. So long, Angel.
2: Wait! Aren't you going to get me out on bail or something?
1: Last I checked, I wasn't made of money. Here,
2: use my debit card.
1: Sit tight. I'll be back.
2: If this is to teach me a lesson, it didn't work for my parents' prom weekend, and it won't work for you either!
1: Having fun?
4: What? Who are you?
1: My name's Valentine.
4: Valentine, I know you. You're a holiday where everybody loves everybody else. Oh, will you be my valentine? Valentine.
1: <laughs> you must have pool around here. A whole nightclub to yourself. 5.30 in the morning, bar and all.
4: I'm Chickie Larson, fiancé of Mr. Philip Geary. Where is he? At home, at the Wellington Arms. And legs. Ha! <laughs> Yeah, he was pretty sore.
1: Sore? What's he sore about?
4: That girl Vivian Drake who wasn't Vivian Drake because I know Vivian Drake and I didn't tell Phil that she wasn't Vivian Drake and then she went and killed Mr. Cooley.
1: How do you know that?
4: Police called Phil and told him. Oh, I bet Phil will never trust me again. After me not telling him about Vivian. I bet he'll even make me take out all the money he gave me to put in my safe deposit box. Money? What money? How much? Thirty thousand Dollars. That's how much he trusts me.
1: That's quite a lot of trust.
4: I just hope that nothing happens to that nice Miss Madison. That's a weird name for a girl, huh? Madison.
1: Your name is Chicky.
4: <laughs> yeah! Oh, that fat Dodo Cooley called me that. He had it coming.
1: Not nearly as nice as your fiancé, I'm sure.
4: That man's a cow, too. I hate all men.
1: Great talking with you. It's almost sunup. Maybe you add some orange juice to that vodka, huh?
5: Who's there?
2: Remember me? Phil?
5: You killed my partner. Get out of here or I'll call the police. Go ahead. Call the police.
2: Well, look who decided to join us. My employer who made me pay my own bail, even though I got arrested in the line of duty, thank you very much.
1: No one told you to take this case on your own.
2: Well, it's not like you were around.
1: Wait, you're- Valentine. You arranged that little trip north for me, didn't you, Geary? Never heard of you. What are you doing? Straightening out your accounts after what happened to Cooley last night?
2: (gasps) I get it now. You wanted to get your partner out of the way and then frame me for it. Douche-nozzle!
1: Now you won't have to explain about the 30 grand you gypped him out of, will you?
2: 30 grand? That's like 30 mansions.
1: You had me slugged so I couldn't barge in on the little party you had all set to frame Madison. You're crazy. Who's Madison? What are you talking about?
2: I'm Madison, also known as Vivian Drake, also known as Misty Williams. Misty? My mom named the dog.
1: When the others left the Wellington Arms, you stayed behind, Geary. Come on now, what's the fix? You're going to answer my questions if I have to stay here and change the shape of your face!
5: Get out of here. Both of you.
1: All right, you asked for it.
2: I'm not going to lie, that was pretty hot.
0: Valentine! What are you trying to do? I'm working my head off trying to help you and Madison and you go and nearly massacre Geary. If I didn't know a few unsavory things about him, he would have you thrown in the clink for assault and battery.
2: Come on! It totes makes more sense that Phil killed his partner, not me.
0: You know, it's not recommended to be adjacent to crimes when you're out on bail, Madison.
2: Well, I shouldn't have been in jail in the first place, Lieutenant. Go arrest Phil!
0: Not without proof, Miss Standish.
2: Why was there even a letter opener in my room? I have never used a letter opener in my life. I don't think I've even received a letter since my grandmother died and I stopped getting her birthday cards.
1: It was a weapon of convenience.
2: Convenient for framing me, you mean? I
1: tried to help the only way I know how it seems. My fists. I can't use my head. I, I can't think beyond Geary. Everything stops right there. And now he's clammed up. I couldn't get a thing out of him. Now, it may take months to get a hold of that so-called Vivian Drake.
0: (sighs) Meanwhile, Madison here will go on trial for murder. She's already been convicted in the court of the free press. See?
2: What? Let me see that. (gasps) Okay, I never thought I'd say this, but... Fake news! Hand that over, Angel. This is how rumors get started. You just need one person to say you hooked up with Andrew Corbett at the Freshman Mixer, and suddenly his girlfriend is sending you death threats on Instagram.
1: Oh, no. That's a wonderful paper, Angel. Wonderful.
2: Well, then you're clearly not looking at the photo they used of me. I look better in color. Who told them to use Inkwell filter?
1: This beautiful, blessed paper. People don't realize the miracle of journalism. What you can learn by reading a daily newspaper intelligently, carefully.
2: Are you high? What are you talking about?
1: Riley, are Geary and Chickie still in the interrogation room? Yeah. Why? I think I found the answer to get Madison off the hook.
2: Well, I hope so. I really wasn't looking forward to doing Orange is the New Black, the podcast.
1: What I'm trying to tell you, Geary, is that your
5: yellow... Lieutenant, did you have me brought down here just so Valentine could tell me that?
2: No, he brought you down here so I could personally kick you in the nads. but that comes later, so shut up.
4: Gee, have I got ahead. I had a little too much last
2: night. I was given knockout pills, and you're gonna complain about your hangover?
1: You'll live, chicky. Gary, your scheme to get rid of Cooley was a thing of beauty, and in a way it worked.
2: Well, yeah it worked. The guy is dead. Now,
1: get the picture. A showgirl from out of town who means nothing to anybody kills a notorious wolf. Chances are she'll get off on a plea of self-defense.
2: I didn't know I could plead self-defense!
1: And Geary is in the clear with everything he filched from his partner.
4: How are you going to prove anything like that?
1: I'm not going to bother. Because the whole thing happens to be immaterial, irrelevant, and has nothing to do with the flowers that bloom in the spring. Trulla! Uh, get to the point, will ya?
4: Not so loud, Lieutenant,
2: my head. Oh, are we being too loud for you, Chickie? We are so sorry!
1: You see, Geary, after all your masterminding, the human factor crept in. You lost your nerve and couldn't kill Cooley. Well, thank you. That leaves Madison on the spot, doesn't it?
4: Dude,
1: George! Not helping! Let me go on with the character analysis. You're not only yellow, Geary... But you're a patsy. A fall guy. A grade A schnookle.
2: Schnookle? I can't tell if you're insulting him or giving him a cute pet name.
1: Somebody's making you jump through the hoop without you even knowing it, and using your own little maneuver to do it. Oh, that takes real brains, friend. Okay, okay. Who is this genius? Come on, Chicky. Stop holding your head and take a bow.
2: Chicky? This dancing with the stars reject? Are you kidding?
4: You talking to me, Mr. Valentine?
1: You tracked down Vivian Drake for your boyfriend, all right. But you got a brighter notion. Did I? Why not get somebody like Madison to pose as Vivian Drake? Then, when Cooley met with his reward, it wouldn't be just another one of those things. There'd be all that extra publicity. And you knew I'd be more than a little interested. You knew I couldn't rest with a self-defense plea.
2: Still can't believe I didn't know about this self-defense thing.
1: You knew I couldn't rest until I traced it down to Geary. "'Sure, then that thirty grand in your safe deposit box, chickie. "'That would be yours for keeps.' "'You can hold that innocent stare, sister. "'But you were far from innocent when you decided to go through with it anyway "'when Geary lost his nerve. "'You sneaked back and did things with that letter-opener.'
2: "'I told you I never touched any letter-opener!'
1: "'Not when you were conscious at any rate.' "'Come on, Miss Larson. Say something.' "'Trust me, Lieutenant. She's already said plenty.' 5.30 this morning when we were alone at the bar. She did everything she could to put me on the trail of Geary. But she also talked too much. She said she just hoped nothing happened to that nice Madison.
2: Aw, you think I'm nice?
1: She's the one who framed you for murder.
2: Oh, is that where you're going with this?
1: What's the point, Valentine? Chicky couldn't have known her name was Madison.
2: Yeah! I told her my name was Misty Williams. Misty? Well, it's better than our cat, Mr. Peanut?
1: You see, Lieutenant... The first edition here identifies her as Madison. The edition you had with you this morning that didn't come out till six o'clock.
0: So how'd she know her name was Madison before the paper came out?
4: All right. Ever since I can remember, I've played the wide-eyed, simpering idiot to please men. This once, I almost fooled all of
2: you. Men. I hate em. That's the trouble, isn't it? We women want justice against asshole men, but instead lash out against each other. We'll never have unity or sisterhood or traveling pants until we come together as one supportive group.
4: Does that mean you'll support me through my trial?
2: Hell no. You tried to frame me for murder, bitch.
1: Go on, Angel. Let's see what's in the morning mail. I'll let you use the letter opener.
2: Sure. I'll use it and claim self-defense. Ah, no hard feelings. Besides, I'm giving my notice. Well, I'm sorry to see you go. Still, not the worst temp job I've ever had. I once did inventory at Payless Shoes. I swore off flip-flops for a year.
1: Too bad we couldn't nail the real Vivian Drake and that arty for their role in all of this. Guess they'll be pretty disappointed when they don't get their payoff from Chicky.
2: Well, now's really the time to start a showgirl career in Vegas. Before it gets all slutty and prostituting and stuff. So long, Angel. Oh, I'll be back. Not only do you owe me a week's pay, but you're reimbursing me for my bail. I don't take checks. But I will take a little island in the South Pacific. Bye! The phrase, let George do it, was a popular saying in the 1940s, meaning, let someone else take responsibility when you don't want to. So basically the title was an old-timey pun. The show, sponsored by Standard Oil of California, which is Chevron, was only broadcast on the West Coast radio shows were not necessarily carried nationally. It wasn't until its final season in 1954 that the show was actually heard on the East Coast. Before the announcer dude reads the credits, I want to thank you guys so much for listening. I'd really appreciate it if you left a review. And hey, Tell me which are your favorite old-time radio shows, and I'll use your suggestions for future episodes. Madison on the Air is listener-supported. For just $3, you can buy me a mocha latte through ko ko-fi.com. That's ko-fi.com forward slash M-O-T-A. And for more information about the show and the cast, visit our website at madisonontheair.com. Thanks!
1: Madison on the Air was written and produced by Chrissy Tallon Sage, with music composition and audio engineering by Jeremy Sage. The role of Madison Standish was played by Chrissy Tallon Sage. Other actors in the cast were Tom O'Connor as Lieutenant Riley, Steppy Kame as Chickie, Albert Garnica as Philip Geary, Alexandra Bartley as Vivian, Steve Jun as Artie, Marcus Evans as Glenn Cooley, Bran Peacock as the Station Master and Doc. And in the role of George Valentine was me, Jeremy Sage. Good night, angels.
5: Hiya, kids. This is Stinky the Elf coming to you from the North Pole. You know, Santa Claus's workshop, right? Well, I've been asked to convey a special message to you that my boss, Santa Claus, that's right, the jolly old fat guy in the red suit, wants to hear from all the little boys and girls out there here's an opportunity to tell him your Christmas list and any other special holiday message you got. And on Fridays, starting the day after Thanksgiving, my boss will read your message out loud on a new podcast called Santa's Inbox, exclusively on the Mutual Network. He'll mention your first name only, plus the town you're from, and then read your email out loud so everybody can hear it. Ain't that exciting? Yeah, Sandy told me that he used to read letters from kids on the radio back in the day, but I told him, I'm only 300 years old. I can't remember that far back. (laughs) Okay, what else? Oh, yeah, this offer is open to anybody kids, grown ups, the young at heart, anybody who wants to send a special message or a dedication to anybody else. So, anyways, start sending Santa Claus your emails now to santas.xmas.inbox at gmail.com. That's S A N T A S -S 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 dot xmas.inbox@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Kids please ask your folks to send your email for you.